Have you ever wondered how successful architecture, engineering, and construction companies scale their business? Or have you ever wanted guidance on how to get more growth, wealth, and freedom from your AEC company? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Will Forat. And I'm Justin Nagel, and we're your podcast hosts. We interview successful AEC business leaders to learn how they use people, process, and technology to scale their businesses. So sit back and get ready to learn from the industry's best. This is Building Scale. Hey listeners, it's Will here. Our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. If you've ever listened to our show, then you know that the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. So if you suspect technology is your weak link, then book a call with us to see where we can help maximize your company's IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. Today's guests are Cassie Wells and Jason Munska. Cassie is the founder of Modern Business Development. Modern BD serves to fill a niche market of subcontractors who both need business development services, but might not be ready to financially invest in a full-time director of BD. Cassie has seen firsthand the hesitancy of hiring business development professionals because of the concern of investing in so many onboarding resources into a new hire without knowing they are the long-term right fit. Having immersed herself in over 10 years uh, in the AEC industry as the corporate sales manager for a national audiovisual integrator, Cassie's increased new client business more than $7 million in the last three, in less than three years. During this time, she learned that business isn't completed just through contracts and proposals. When one focuses on exceptional connections, authentic relationships, and deep respect for one another, the business falls into place. Jason, on the other hand, is the junior head honcho at the Pomeroy Group. He's the person with his butt on the line responsible for growing Pomeroy to become the top regional health and benefits provider in the Southwest with aggressive sales goals of doubling sales by 2025. He has enjoyed more than 25 years of senior leadership experience in executive management and international sales with a proven ability to develop and guide major initiatives to successful completion and profitability. Working with local, regional, national, and international clientele in the United States, Germany, Switzerland, China, and Japan, Jason has had the pleasure of traveling the world, consulting with business leaders, renowned architects, industrial designers, engineers, acoustic consultants, and major international project development companies to develop out-of-the-box solutions for virtually every business development initiative. Basically, he knows a lot of people, like a whole bunch of people. And the connection of Cassie and Jason is they're both the founders of Keymakers, an Arizona-based group to create meaningful connections by unlocking opportunities with key executives and business owners. This is going to be a lot of fun. If you've not realized yet, we're going to talk about BD to the max today. Uh, and with all that said, Casey and Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I I know Cassie from my days at Joe's Crab Shack. I feel like every time we talk publicly, we mention this. Uh, Joe's Crab Shack should sponsor the show. I think that probably <laughs> makes the most sense there. Um, so anytime I almost they want to wore my dollars over, that's I almost wore my my tie dye shirt today, but I thought better not. You know, that's yeah, all right. Uh, you know, uh, tie dye shirts are always in fashion in my, in my <laughs> belief. Uh, but nonetheless, I said a lot of things about both of you. I'd love to hear origin stories uh, from from you individually and then tell us about uh, each of your companies. OK, well, I'll kick her off. Um, so my origin story, I mean, Crab Shack days that that definitely formed who you are as an individual when you work at Joe's Crab Shack. That's for sure. Um, I um, in Phoenix and I lived, I went to high school in Tucson, but I came to ASU for school. Uh, I was hired at a career fair by a gentleman named Abe, who was the VP of sales at CCS presentation systems. And there I started my career in sales, audiovisual sales. Um, I worked there for, I think you started your career in SAS. <laughs> well, I did actually, I did. Um, he's referring to when uh, Abe, when I met Abe at the career fair, <clears throat> he was standing there at a table that just said CCS on it, but I had done my research. I knew what the company was and I went up and started chatting with him and he goes, you don't, 
you don't want this position. It's a sales position. And I said, no, I, I do. I want this position. Um, if I'm going to work harder, I want to make more money. And he goes, huh? Well, this position requires five years experience. And I was like, sir, why are you at a career fair? And he was like, all right, I'll interview you. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I started with a little bit of SAS, but that has served me, right. It's a controlled SAS. Uh, I like to refer to it as, um, and I worked at CCS for 10 years. I took a three and a half, four years to stay home with my children and get them into preschool. And during that time, I worked part-time doing lead generation for CCS. I'm sending the reps warm leads, letting them know about projects. And I got really comfortable at doing the hunting. And prior to that, I was comfortable with the people because I love people, man. They're, they're my favorite. So in 2019, it called me and said, hey, I want you to come back and manage the, the corporate sales team. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. So I did. And during that time, I had a I had a quota that they give you for sales. And I would hit that fairly early in the year. When I did that, I started bringing in leads for my team. And which was great. I mean, I wanted my team to succeed. But it started to make me realize my my skills were better early on in the project process. I'm not a project management person. I'm not trying to call people, get them on the job, organize these. It's not how my brain works. I've tried it. I'm more about bringing in opportunities. So I thought to myself, how do I harness this passion and help serve other clients? And so what I ended up doing was starting modern business development. Um, actually, we've been in business for one year and one day. So Woo! that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And um, I focus on representing only subcontractors and service providers in Arizona, because if I have one client that can bring, or I'm sorry, one individual in the industry that can bring one of my clients' business. They can usually bring my other clients' business as well. And so I figured if I'm doing all this work for one company, why can't I do it for multiple? So I currently represent CCS presentation systems for audiovisual. They were my first client. Uh, then I signed on corporate interior systems for commercial furniture and second client. And my third and last client at the moment is Dirk's Moving and Logistics. And they've been with me since May. So, and all three clients have renewed. So that's very exciting. Um, and yeah, that's that's my journey from Crab Shack to Modern BD. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Gosh, I've been mostly a construction guy most of my career. Even though I've been in the uh, health insurance benefits business for the last six years, the majority of my career has been in construction. Um, had an early start with my dad. Um, he was a construction guy. He helped me build my first house at 17 in high school and helped me buy my first house at 17 in high school. And off I went from there. And it's been an interesting ride. Back in early 2000, I started doing events, not really having the foresight to think about what they could lead to in the future. It was just something that worked where we were able to cultivate a great crowd for business. Um, and that was the Jerry McDade companies once a month. We partnered with a magazine at the time called Food and Life Magazine, and the publisher, Candy Lesher, she was our um, our MC. I was a host, and we had a beautiful working kitchen, and I'd typically be on the cover of a magazine with a celebrity chef, and that would bring in maybe 100 to 150 people from the general public, and that was our audience. And, you know, over the next, you know, X amount of weeks, we typically write about a million dollars in business and rinse and repeat, and we did that every month, and that was our way to build business, and it worked phenomenally well. And Throughout the years, as I look back, I realize I've always been involved in, in events. I never really looked at it that way holistically, but it's just a fact of my career. And so they've come easy to, easy to me. Um, it seems like the ones that we come up with turn out well, and the invite list is always great. So, you know, meeting Cassie has been a pleasure because I was able to bring her network into mine and vice versa and start planning events together that's been extremely successful. And we decided this year to formalize it. Yeah. So how did you meet? Uh, very different paths. Uh, you know, how, how, what was the meeting that made the minds come together? It was, at, I think it was at a happy hour event and um, got her card, maybe along with a few others and just invited her and her team to our office here at Pomeroy Group um, just to get to know them and it just started from there. Well, I think it, it started, I met you at that happy hour mm -hmm. um, and I had to follow, I'm a follow-up person to begin with. 
But when a card says Rainmaker on it, I'm like, I got to get to know this guy better. He sounds like a hoot. And you are. And um, we started to quickly realize that we were targeting very similar individuals, um, but had completely different networks. And so it just, we started working together. We were very strategic. And, and um, that's where we formed the first Tuesdays for 12. And that's, that was kind of our baby step into key makers. It's so, been successful. That, that small little concept, you know, we spend three hours roughly a month at one time at a happy hour and invite key people. And it's been enormously successful the way we put, uh, put, it, put it together and pulled it off. Before, uh, before we dive into the nitty gritties of certainly we want to talk about the Tuesdays. Uh, what, when you think of BD, what does that, what does that mean to you? Like when you think of business development, what, like, what comes to mind? You, you both do it at a very high level. So most people say BD and they say, oh, I'm going to get business. Like, you know, oh, that great business. They don't necessarily always know what that means, uh, how they do that. Lots of functions that go into that. There's different ways to go about it. So when you think of business development, what does that mean to both of you? So for me, business development is all about people. I have a firm belief that people don't buy from companies that they like, they buy from people they like. And I learned that watching individuals in the AEC industry move from one company to another and those clients stick with them, right? And if you, you're never gonna work with a person that you don't like at a company that you do. You just aren't, you follow the people. And so I like to focus on relationships. Business development is all about how can I help others around me? And if it brings back business, wonderful. Can we be strategic about it? Of course, but business development is, it's almost like a professional matchmaking service, if you will, that's kind of how I view it with my clients. I want to introduce them to people in the industry that can bring them long-term win-win business. And I am a salesperson by nature. And, um, you know, does it mean increased sales? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. But is it more end game focused and not what contract can you put in front of me and sign today? Yeah. What about you, Jason? What is BD? I, I I mean, it's all about relationships. Um, very similar approach, very similar philosophies. Mine has been specifically to match one person to another. Um, in the insurance business, I have to work with executives, the CEO, CFO, um, people at the C-suite level, owners, et cetera. And so I've taken the approach mostly throughout my career to add value to these people that are my target audience. And I do that through inviting them to the events and then matching them with other people that I know where they can develop additional revenue streams or business relationships or what have you. But it's all about adding value to me. And I do that in a one-on-one -on -one targeted way. And it's been enormously successful, not just for the people that I've been able to do that with, but what's come back to me from that. So, okay. Let's pause there for a second. Jason uh, is more the scientific methodology, if you will. Uh, and Cassie is more the gut feel person. Both are immensely successful in their own right. Um, Jason, I want to start with you because you had an example of what you're talking about, the mm -hmm. sort of authentic, you know, an event experience. You've got an example that blew my mind. Do you know what I'm talking about when we spoke? The shooting one? No, uh, the... The numbers. The numbers, yes. The one where you invited a bunch of people in the industry, the I think it was not Titans. Maybe it was Titans. Um, icons. Icons. Thank you. Oh, the reason that I can sure. A big company approached me back in 2016, asking you know what my opinion was on how to develop business in Arizona. They had pulled back from the West Coast during the recession. They wanted to come back out and take market share. And so after some thought, there is a local magazine that nominated icons in the construction business. And any one of these people would, you know, would, you know, pull an audience because there's a lot of work involved with these people. They have, you know, the local celebrity type of um, or about them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so we literally came up with a concept. Let's do a reunion of the icons. And there was 55 of them. And so we had 55 iconic people all coming together for an event that I was hosting never before together. And 
we only invited about 330 people and that included the 50 or so icons. And so it was very limited to the general public, even though with over 300 people, there's over 3000 people that wanted to come. And it was just one of those magical evenings. It was at the Omni or Monte Lucia. It was a hundred thousand dollars spend, so it wasn't cheap. And we intended for the event to go from 4.30 to 7.30. By 9.30, nobody had left and it went all the way till about 12.30 at night. And it was just one of those events that you just can't plan, you can't make. It was just magic in the making. But what really was magical after the event, because with $100,000 spent, they had an ROI expectation. And so the ROI expectation out of that event was $750,000, which I thought was pretty nominal. And the real work on my part started the day after the event. A lot of people host an event, they think that your phone's going to ring and you're getting all this business and blah, blah, blah. And that's not the, that's not the truth. That's not the fact. Of course, you get a lot of thank you phone calls, but nobody's calling you to do business. So the real business development people after the event, then they go to work. That's where I follow up with everybody. And the way I did that is I made Andy Warhol-like characters in a frame, a picture of each of the icons and called them up to deliver to their office. And of course, they had such a great time. They welcomed me to their office. They're big name people, big icons. And we were just talking about the events. And it was almost accidental when I would ask for business and say, hey, by the way, is there anything we can take a look at or any business that you know you have upcoming that might be applicable to us? And there's almost like a, a surprise. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have tons of work for you. And, you know, it just kind of it, it showed me that if you don't follow up and ask, nothing is going to happen, even if there's tons of potential there. And in three months, even though the ROI expectation was $750,000 in a full year, in three months, we had $13 million in new business. That's the difference. Wow. That is magnitudes more than the 750 k that you were initially looking for. So for a 100 k spend, I think anyone would be willing to do 100 k spend to get $13 million back. That's like easy yep. math right there, right? Yeah, that, that's good math. I, I checked it. I did the work while you were talking about that math. Worked out. <laughs> it's just people don't understand the full business development cycle. Getting the buy-in is one part. Having the event is another part. But the whole real crux of everything starts after the event. And that's what most people miss. So Magic's in the follow-up. Both of you always, have alluded to that. Always. What? I think if you follow up with even just an email, follow up with a lunch, follow up with anything, especially if you're doing something as specific as Jason mentioned and personal, um, I think if you follow up at all, you're in the top 10 elite for people business development. So many people don't up. follow they are, up. They are they just horrible. Don't. You can tell somebody to follow up 20 different times and they don't follow up. I actually look at it like this. I don't follow up just once. I plan on six follow-ups for every new person that comes into my world. That's six different touches before I start talking to them about business. I want to gain their trust. I want to add value. I want to form that you know relationship, that trusted advisor position, et cetera. And a lot of people aren't willing to put in those six touches and they think, you know, by calling or you know, once or twice or whatever, business is going to come to them. And they think, you know, they have a faster way. And I, I truly believe my slow way is the fastest way out there. The old That's school. actually great methodology. Cause like, you know, when somebody doesn't know you, even though you put this great event on that, they're not so familiar with you. Like they need to know you to yep. Cassie's point. Like they want to do business with people they like, they want to do business with people they know. Right. Like that, seventh time to ask for business that first six is like i'm just pouring in the value like i'm just yeah. continuously trying to make your life easier your life better your business grow whatever it is to then wait that long which i completely agree because the amount of emails or follow-ups that i've i've gotten in in my life where it's like hey let's do business like the next day and it's like all right that's this i don't really know you like i had a good conversation about a random craft beer with you for three minutes but like that didn't like right. sell me on the fact that i should give you my money the event gets you in the door it's a starter that is it now what you do with it, it's up to you so uh magic is in the follow-up uh you're saying so uh i know you had mentioned some other events that were done but they were failures and it was it because of the follow-up can you talk a little bit more about that my events or other people's events other people i think i think there was more to the story i don't think yeah. it was necessarily your story it was a big corporation your... and they tried to repeat what i did in two other cities same spend i'm san francisco and atlanta hundred thousand dollar spend and it's a massive company with a huge marketing team blah 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 and of course you know they all know better um but they missed the magic they missed the part about 
spending the time up front to get the buy-in from the influencers. And they certainly missed the part afterwards to follow up with people. So, you know, although the event I was in charge of produced $13 million in new business, the events they did on their own produced zero. That's going to show you that. Same concept. So same concept and what? Because they didn't they didn't, they didn't do any of the magic. They just had the event. They can the event they just makes business rain and it does not. They didn't invest up front in the time for Correct. invites and getting the buy-in. And this is why you want to come to this, right? No one person the stage. Yeah. And there's no personal follow-up. Yep. So okay. you get all the events in the world, but why would somebody follow up with you? So the so uh, the planning of the actual event. So you're talking about buy-in mm -hmm. and the buy-in was meeting just to connect the dots here was meeting the other icons. Correct. And that, so even though they might've known each other, they haven't necessarily met each other. So even if Correct. they're competitors, they, uh, right. Absolutely. Uh, especially in this industry, competitors can also be partners on the next project. Right. Absolutely. So, which is super interesting. So this is, this was a way for essentially all the icons to meet each other and it kind of, and you were the, you were the connector. You were the guy yeah. that essentially was like, I know, I know a guy. Right. And so, you know, it, it, it being in that position, I get all the political capital for all the people that attended, not just the icons, but the guests that did come and even the people that didn't come. And so you become that circle of influence and it's a powerful position to be in. Being the plug or the connector uh, is super valuable. Like that's, that's it. How did you both realize that fact? You know, everybody says it, but like you've executed on it, which is the difference, right? Like, no, I'm actually going to connect as many human beings to other awesome human beings as possible. I mean, how did we realize it? it I mean, at some point you must have said like, like Let's do point. some events and connect some human beings together, like at, at the yeah. core base level of this, right? Um, and like, that's the way that we, be, we you do get that political capital. You do have a, a, an access to business that you maybe didn't have. You still have to do the follow-up and other things, but having event being the anchor and you being the connector to those people for the events. I mean, there's a, there's a certain point where you realize that you're providing people with a value. It's when they're coming to you saying, oh, Cassie's got to know somebody. Jason's got to know somebody, right? And Jason and I quickly realized that about each other. And that's when we started our first Tuesdays for 12 happy hours, which was very strategic and focused because I have this influence in my industry, right? <clears throat> and, you know, I sat down with him and you always ask people, what can I do to help you? How can I be impactful, Justin, right? Mm -hmm. And when we sat down, his was, I want to meet CEOs, CEOs, CFOs, HR managers. Like that's my bread and butter. And I was like, Oh, I know a lot of those. I can help you with that. You know, let's sit down. And then he goes, who can I, who can I introduce you to? How can I be impactful for you? And whether it's for me, which was at the time owners of subcontractors and service providers. Now it's, those that can bring my clients business, right? And help me provide value to my clients. <clears throat> so we started getting very strategic about who we would invite. And it wasn't just, let's invite a bunch of owners. It was, if I'm inviting the owner of a general contractor, you're not allowed to. And then my other guest is not going to be one of those. We're just, we're not going to put competitors in a room. I'm not here to watch that happen. <clears throat> I'll invite a general contractor. I'll invite an architect. He'll invite a developer. And now all of a sudden there's value provided to both of us, which we love, added bonus. But the point is that there's value to our guests, right? So when I reach out to my architect, I'm like, hey, guess what? You definitely want to meet this guy. He's a developer. And hey, GC, I'm bringing an architect, one of my buddies. I'll introduce you. Definitely do a follow-up lunch with them. You know, you're, it's, uh, it's for purpose. It's with a purpose. Which we we thought, this is a great idea. Let's test it out a little bit. The first one, we're like, that went really well. Every single person reached out and said, oh my gosh, that was super cool. It's not just another happy hour. So we're like, let's do it again. And as we started doing these month after month, we started to see actual business. And when I say actual business, I will never forget when I realized just how much this was working. 
we had a developer next to a general contractor, both owners. <clears throat> the de developer said, you know, they go, well, what do you got working on? What are you guys doing lately? The developer listed six projects just out on the table, listed them and looked at the GC and said, which ones do you want? Wow. And I was like, wait a second, just like that. You met them 40 minutes ago, but there was, there was some sort of trust built in with owners to owners that I could never infiltrate as a BD person, right? Or as a salesperson, I don't have the authority to sit down and say, yeah, that's perfect for us. Add that to my schedule or here are all my projects. Which ones do you I never had that, right? But I'm watching it. I'm watching the actual handshake deals happen in front of me over, you know, a glass of wine and a steak. And I'm like, this is pretty impactful. This can this is millions of dollars of business right in front of me. Um, how do we continue to make that happen? How do we grow this? Because there's such great feedback and it's actual business development into the sales numbers, right? And that's where we sat down and started coming up with key makers. So wow. just to be clear, because I have my own formulated opinion, I want each of you to answer this question, both you, Jason, I'll start with you first, and then Cassie, I want, I want you to have your own answer on this. What is the focus when it comes to networking events? What is the focus in networking events? In general or ours? Let, yours, yours. Speci well, there's a, there's a two-pronged focus. The event itself is meant to be something that people want to go to. If you're dealing with owners, most of them are going to be successful, financially successful. They have limited time. They might have a BD team to do, you know, things like this. Um, there's, a, there's a plethora of reasons why owners don't go to events. So the event itself has to be compelling enough that makes an owner want to go. He wants to invest his time. So right there, that's step number one. If you don't have something an owner wants to go to, you're, you're not going to bring the right crowd or the right target audience. And for me or us, it's specifically about matching each attendee, each owner with one or two other owners that they can do business with for various reasons, various ways, but pre-matching them, having them come to the event, meet at the event. So not only are they going to a phenomenal event that's of interest, they're also meeting like-minded people in like-minded or like similar positions that they can talk about business that they otherwise wouldn't have known or had an opportunity to talk to. So it's very strategic, very purposeful. The event's curated you know, to, to be the pull or the, the whatever they call it, the hook. And then after that, it's purposely matching people that come to the event. Invite only, of course. Okay. Jason, we've got your answer. Cassie, how about you? I mean, it's very similar, but it's mostly about helping people. How can I help them, right? And helping people typically is to help them increase their sales, right? Increase their presence in the industry, maybe help them enter a new vertical, maybe help with name recognition. It's not just sales. There's, there are plenty of things that we can help with in business development and networking. <clears throat> so once we determine what their goal is, um, and it's not always sales. Like I said, we sit down with people and they're like, sales are fine. I need my name out there because no one knows who I am. I can't be referenced. I can't, why am I not coming to mind in this area of expertise, right? And so finding out how we can help them and how we can be impactful to them is the first step. And we really sat down. And again, you mentioned I'm more of an intuition-based networker, right? And I took a personality test from Know Your Talents and they told me <laughs> that I don't like numbers and I don't like details, but I love people. I got the energy, I got the intuition and that's, and it's so true. That is exactly how I operate, which is also why I think I enjoy working with Jason because we do balance each other out. We have very uh, different complementary strengths, I would say. Um, <clears throat> so we sit down, focus, determine how we can help. And I like to dive into the mind of the owner, right? So I'm an owner. I didn't understand this until I became an owner, but now that I am an owner and someone sees owner or CEO on my LinkedIn, I mean, those emails come in, you get 20 to 50 a day where it's just like, hi, I'll help you with lead gen. I'll help you with this. Can I do your website? And you're like, oh, delete, 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 right? That's not much different than a, the inbox is much different than the calendar, right? 
someone sees an owner and they're like, Ooh, I would love to pick your brain. Can I take you to coffee? Can I do this? Can I do that? Right. And owners, like Jason said, typically have people for that, right? Some of us are still doing our time, but some of us are still, they're at the point where I don't want to do that. I want to go home to my family. I don't want to be in these organizations. That's why I hired a BD person. That's why I'm making my sales reps go. That's why, you know, poor Jeff that I hired in marketing is now my BD guy, whether he wanted to be or not, because I want to go. Whatever the case is, I I have learned that they don't like to go to events. So how do we get them to go to events? Well, like Jason said, we make them really cool, really unique, not, not a standard happy hour, not a, you know, lunch or whatever, lunch and learn where you sit there for 40 minutes and someone talks at you. It's not, that wasn't going to get owners anywhere, but the unique events is a really cool draw and it's fun for them at the very least. Did they have fun? Sure. I think that's helping. Is the added bonus the fact that they're meeting all of these cool individuals that are typically like-minded, right? Owners like to hang out with owners. They have similar struggles. I don't want to say shared trauma. That makes it sound awful, but they do have similar struggles in their journeys, right? And so it's really easy to relate to people that have that similar experience. And it makes your walls drop quicker, in my opinion. You know, you're... When, if you're bombarded by a bunch of people, hey, I'd love to take you to coffee. I'd love to take you to lunch. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, let me reach out to my admin. They'll get you on my schedule. But they really, you don't feel like it, right? But when it's owner to owner, you're like, oh, you get me. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's talk business. Oh, you have this problem too? Oh, labor shortages. Am I right? You know, like it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's not, it's not your standard guard up event. And so for me, it's helping people, whether it's getting them to the event, right? We know that's going to help them in one way or another, but it's really about how can I be impactful to this person, how they need it, not how I think they need it, but how they truly need it. And owners don't open up without that connection. That uh, trauma for owners is called entrepreneurial tax, Cassie, so you know. Oh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Will, I think Will coined that term. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's true though. That's, I mean, that's true. Hey everybody, Justin here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you know, Will and I are business nerds and love talking to leaders who've scaled their businesses using people, process, and technology. If that's something that gets you all jazzed up too, then do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the little bell so you get notified every time we drop a sweet new episode. And if you know somebody who'd be an awesome guest on the show, send them our way. Just go to buildingscale.net slash guest. Now, back to the episode. So you were already amazing connectors. You were already the plugs. You were already doing the Tuesday, the 12, uh, first Tuesdays for 12. Why, why create key makers? What, like, what, what did you see that was like, we need to, we need this. This needs to happen. Let, let's, let's do this. I think people just kept calling and calling and calling and wanted to do more and bigger things. And, you know, to do them one-offs, it's not easy because you have to bring in the sponsors or you have to have the event concept, figure out the date, the invite list, get the buy-in, confirm, all that stuff. And to do it well, it's hard to do it on a one-off basis. So for me, I just came to the conclusion that it had to be done a different way. And, you know, as I say, go big or go home. So it was about taking what we've already done and just making it bigger, more professional, um, more of more intrigue, more interesting, higher level people, higher level events, everything. And, you know, so far we've been able to do that. It's all going to be launched in February. That's awesome. Uh, what, what are these events look like? Obviously you talked about the Tuesdays. Uh, what are some other events that are on the rise in here? One, you know, one of our events, which is multiple times, it's indoor and outdoor, but one of them is a shooting event. Not everybody likes guns, and that's fine, but people in construction typically do. So, you know, figuring out the right audience. But we bring, um, you know, a group of, let's say, six people to an outdoor shooting range. And we have a former um, SEAL, SEAL Team 6 commander, 20 years, and a former SEAL Team 4 sniper, 20 years. And we have, you know, automatic weapons that aren't available to the public with suppressors and sniper rifles and a lot of cool things that people don't usually ever get to touch or handle or shoot for that matter. 
And it's been overwhelmingly successful. Everybody wants to go to it. I mean, every woman I know wants to go meet the SEALs. I mean, it's it's just a cool event. Everybody just wants to do it and see what it's like. And even though people can pay and go and do it themselves, it's a whole different level when you have some SEALs shooting with you and you know doing a competition with you and telling you about their stories and how to shoot and what they went through and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's captivating. Simply to, simple to say. Yeah, talking about unique events, events that you want to go to because the owners, you know, they're busy. They they don't want to do all this extra. Uh, meeting SEAL Team Six and actually going to arrange with them is is probably high on the list of owners saying like, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in for." There's this. never been a no. <laughs> well, um, one I want to touch on is the fireside chat because yeah. you you went to that. You attended, Justin. I did, and... which was amazing, by the way. <laughs> And I, I well, thank both you. of you at thank the time uh, when we went, but it it was a very eye-opening in lots of different ways. Obviously, the networking aspect to it, but just amazing in regards to the people that spoke uh, and getting their insights. Uh, you know, I'm a learner. I love learning 1% better every day. That's just who I am. Continuous improvement, the spot, you know, that's, that's who we are. Uh, so getting in front of or, you know, getting around just big minds is just amazing. Like it's the, it's the best thing ever. It changes. It, it can literally change how you're looking at your business in, in a moment, which is awesome. And I would argue also that a fireside chat like that one, I mean, it makes you, you rethink society and your life. We had, we had a futurist, we had an author um, and they, I, it was just, the event was different. It wasn't the panel. I'm used to going to the networking panels that start at 830 and you have a half an hour of networking and then everyone sits down and we listen to the panel and they tell you, they tell, you know, sometimes it's developing leaders, you know, people young in the industry and it's telling them like, this is how you can get on this career path, which I think is super helpful. But would something like that apply to an owner? Maybe not. Right. And so, but the fireside chat that we did, it's, it's, to me, having it at someone's home, at a very high-end home, having it the way that Jason planned that event, the questions that we asked, I just felt like everything was with a purpose to make the owners feel comfortable and to make sure that they maximized what they were getting out of it, right? And so I'm glad that you said that about, you know, you got the vibe that it's helping people improve and, you know, it's cause that's really what we were going for. And I, I never really picked your brain on it. So I'm glad I could do that here. <laughs> it, what was wild to me when you get a, a, a room of exact owners and there's chiming in so much, like you, you just don't see that anywhere else where it's like, I'm going to ask the question that's on my mind in front of 50 people to get responses back and have a conversation around, a thing that maybe not everybody's thought about yet. And it was just like, again, it was so impactful in that way that I was like, you know, I was like, oh my God, this was amazing. Uh, and it was just the setting and everything to it was just perfect. So Jason, if that was your doing, chat is, uh, you, you, you did it upright. Typical fireside chat that I've seen is a typical, is a topic of something, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, to Cassie's point, you go in there and you hear people speak about something that you may have some interest in, but it's really not... It's not engaging. It's not really captivating. It's just almost a format of whatever. Um, with ours, I mean, Cassie was a moderator. She came up with phenomenal questions, engaged the guests. But when the audience wants to be friends with the speakers and ask for their numbers, which no, they cannot have them, that's to me a, a sign of a surely successful event. Everybody wanted to be best friends with the speakers, which no, I cannot give out their cell phone numbers. But that just showed you how much impact the speakers had on our guests. For example, the next um, fireside chat, we're looking at a world-renowned architect and a very famous world-renowned French chef and doing a cooking demonstration with a fireside chat. And uh, let's just say a French chef mixed with Richard Gears about what you're going to get out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> which is unique, which is a draw, which is something that people don't want to miss out on because when are you going to get that opportunity again, right? And then we're going to do a private luncheon the next day with paired with exclusive wines served by this famous French chef and it'll be all female executives. That's awesome. That's super, super cool. Um, some guys are upset, but... Obviously, that's just the way it works. Uh... <laughs> In life, always. How so obviously you, you, both of you are already very connected in at this point. 
how does somebody start that ability to connect with just really successful owners or execs? Like how, how do you, you know, you started from the bottom. Now you're here. Like, how do you start? With one. How do you start? Yeah. It's, I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that I've met in this industry over the last 11 and a half years. And when I look back, I just actually recently did this for my business, but I could do it for my career. I looked back at those who were able to help me the most over the past year, my first year business. And, you know, there are some that there were some brokers that every single project they had, they sent to me for all three of my clients, right? Like that is a big deal to me. That is someone I look back at and they made me look good to my clients, right? They help me provide my clients with value, which is my purpose for my business. And, but you can look at your career like that. There are some people that you sit down with them and you say, Hey, how can I help you? Oh, I can make this intro, this intro, this intro. And they say, yeah. And I'll introduce you to this person, this person, this person. There are some, you do that for people and they just don't, they just don't. They tell you they're going to do it. They never do it. Right. It just happens. But there are some people that tell you they're going to do it. And then they go do it. And you have 10 intros that day. And it has changed the course of that year for you. And that's what people did for me in my career. So it's about finding a buddy. Sometimes it's someone that's growing in their career with you. Sometimes it's a mentor where you're like, wow, you've been a successful business development person for 35 years. How? What worked for you? What didn't work for you? When you left that company, why? How? What do I avoid? What do I look for? What? It's picking their brain and truly understanding how did you get to this point and what, what mistakes did you make that I can avoid, right? And being vulnerable. It's about asking the right question. You're allowed to be vulnerable and people are often afraid to ask for help. I, again, intuition person, and you know, I don't have a degree in psychology or anything, but my brother does. He's a, he has a PhD in psychology. Um, so maybe it's, uh, you know, through DNA or something. You were the uh, experiment. <laughs> 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 I know. I know. I worry for when he has children, he's going to put them through tests. Um, no. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to look at all of that as people like to help people. They actually want to help people. It makes them feel good. If that's their 1% that they have grown in helping people along their way, it feels good. It's like giving a gift, right? I I don't like receiving Christmas gifts, but I love giving them, buying them, wrapping them, everything to do with it. It's the same thing. Let people do that. Let them help you because not only does it provide value to you or perhaps to your clients, it provides value to them and people are afraid to ask. And so I would, I, if someone asks to help me, how can I help you? I'm like, I have an answer for you. I always have an answer for who I'm sitting with, how they can help me. And so, I think also, you know, it goes back to, you know, you know, the book, it's that 10,000 hour theory. Um, nobody gets good overnight at anything. Um, you know, the first time you do anything, you're not going to be great at it. If you are, you got lucky, you're probably going to stop the second time. The point is, is it takes time and repetition and focus and dedication. Um, I don't think people would want to do what I did to get the network that I have. And then even if they did, I tell them, even if you got the same network, then you got to keep it up, which is even harder. And, you know, I kind of, even though I had, you know, great network from the events in the earlier parts of my career, I made one decision when I got divorced about nine years ago. And this one decision probably really set the course of my future life unintendedly. Um, and I just decided to occupy my time when I didn't have my kids. Because for me, post-divorce, when I didn't have the kids, that silence was just horrific. And so I decided to occupy my time after work taking out executives to a happy hour. I didn't care if it was in six months from now or whatever. I just filled up my schedule over time and just took them for a beer or soda or a glass of wine, no big deal. We'd meet at 5, 5.30, out by 6, 6.30. But that made me relevant to people and it was just more personable. And eventually that paradigm shifted where people started inviting me to their things or birthday parties or Christmas parties. And then, you know, social media, people saw me out with all the right people. Then they wanted to climb on board. And then it just snowballed over nine years. I mean, it really snowballed. But we're talking nine years of dedicated doing one particular thing. 
And so I don't know many people want to go through that route. First of all, don't get divorced. Second of all, that's a <laughs> lot of time to put in post-divorce. So I definitely paid my dues in this regard. And, you know, even though I had the network, I always tell people it's not easy because you have to keep it up. And what that means is when you get to the highest level with some of these people, they're also the people you can't say no to. So they're calling and they say, let's go to a game tonight or a concert or dinner. Okay, let's go. Whether you want to or not, you're going because at a certain level, you get asked once, period. Yeah. Invites think- don't always fly in uh, after you've said no to to an event. No, I, I, totally I mean, I've had, I've had nine, 10 people up flying in their own personal jets to an event I've hosted. I mean, it's that, that level. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and my advice to someone new, listen, we've all been that don't person. Get divorced. Okay. Yeah. One, don't get divorced. Step one, don't get divorced. <laughs> That's good advice. Um, no, we've all you're been left with building a network. That's all you got left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we all went to our first networking events once. We all did. And I remember mine in this industry and it was, and I was 22 years old, um, like Bambi on ice walking in that thing all <laughs> nervous yeah i'm in my heels i'm like i don't know what are heels right we didn't wear those at the crab shack okay no. and i'm in there <laughs> i'm in there and i look around and it was a room full of probably like 75 people and everyone's in a circle they're all in their own circles or you know three people having a conversation i'm like do i just walk into a circle how do i do this this is terrifying I want to leave. I don't want to be here. This is awful. Can I say that I went so my boss is happy, right? And I remember just thinking, I can come in here, have a glass of wine, and just leave, right? If I have a glass of wine, then I attend it. But don't just have a glass of wine. Find a buddy, right? Find someone that's talking to a big circle, Find a, a chatty Cassie, if you will, <laughs> pull, pull them aside and say, hey, is this your first, how many events like this have you been to? And chances are, they'll be like, oh yeah, hundreds. What's up? I don't know anyone here. Oh, what do you do? How can I help you? Oh, you're a GC. Oh, there's architects there and there, and there's a broker there that might help you. And let's go, right? Find a buddy, ask for help. Because as, as those people in the room that already know who we're there to meet, we love to help. I am so serious about that. Mm-hmm. And like Jason said, with his when he was setting up his icon event, it doesn't have to be an icon event. It doesn't have to be $100,000. I sit down with my clients and I will attend a happy hour with them. And I sit down with them ahead of time. And I say, your goal is to get five business cards of people that can help you or you can help them, right? Five. Once you get your five, you can leave. That takes you five minutes. You bust into a circle and you card, 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 card. Bye. You just earned your whole night back. See ya. But with those cards that you have, you will blind copy me on email intros of, hey, nice meeting you. Um, Let's do lunch. How can I help you? How can Come see a tour of our office. And you're going to do those by tomorrow at 10 a.m. Do we have a deal? Because otherwise I'm not going with you. And they go, yeah, because you got to give them homework because it's uncomfortable. But without those goals, how do you expect to succeed? You're not going to get any business walking in, having a beer and leaving. You just aren't. And I like to take notes because I meet a lot of people. And let me tell you, ever since I had children, my brain doesn't work the same. My memory (laughs) is not what it used to be. And so I like to take notes on people, you know, like just had a baby or, you know, we both have kids that are, you know, six years old or whatever the case is. So I remember who that person is not to use it as like, I, you know, I know everything about you because I took notes on you in a creepy way. No, it's because I will forget who you are. So I like to do that. Like, Hey, you know, if it's another mom in business, Hey, join moms in business with me and bring your six-year-old and they can hang out and do kids yoga or whatever we're doing. Right. I like to follow up with something that can help them. And Jason also touched on it. He touched on another point, but in his numbers way. And I, I like to touch on it. I'm all about the metaphors and the symbols. Relationships to me in business are 
in three different stages, okay? So you have the seed planting stage, which is meeting someone at an event, following up with them, picking their brain, doing coffee, seeing how you can help them. That is that is the seed planting stage, right? We're just starting to get to know each other in business. We're just kind of understanding what the other one does for a living. <clears throat> then there's the watering and there's the checking in with them. And hey, let me follow up and do the intros I promised I would for you. Whatever came of that, did you meet with, you know, Karen, did she help you? Was that was that not a good fit? Did I guess wrong? Right, following up and hey, I thought of you and I have I have room, I have one more ticket. Do you wanna sit at my table, right? Those are watering. And then there's the group where you can harvest, where you call and you're like, sis, I need a huge favor now. And they will hook you up with whatever you need, right? Or, hey, dude, I really need a solid. My client's trying to get in with this project. Who's the broker? Can you help me find the broker? Can you do this? And they're like, yeah, no problem. And they do personal intros and they they bring you right in. All of those need to be happening simultaneously. We, All we, of them. We call that the Martha Stewart hookup. <laughs> Get your gardening tools, get your watering can. I mean, listen, I tried to guard it, a real garden and it died. So I don't really know what else goes into it, but uh, clearly in my case, not enough water. Um, but well, it's I Arizona, you know, it's what happens. <laughs> it's just dead in my backyard. It's cool. Um, I have clients that require their reps to organize based on, these are the seeds I planted this week. These are the seeds I watered this week. And these are, and sometimes the stages are ever-changing. So these are, hey, I got a new person in my harvest. I called them for a hookup or they're coming to me with every project that they have, right? It's, that's exciting to get those because that group can feed your entire pipeline. When I came back into the industry and started to manage and had my own, my own sales quota, there were about six key individuals where I was their AV person. And they came to me for everything. And that filled my entire quota of new business because I couldn't, I had to build again, right? I built in, in 2012 and I built again in 2020, which was a whole other story, but that's how you do it, right? It's getting people to harvest. So how do we get them there? Some people you instantly click, you plant a seed and they're like, I got you. Some people it is years. And when I say I waited years and I watered and watered and watered, sometimes it's six years. But it pays off. And again, that's where I come back to the end game. I mean, you see see some Marvel posters back behind Jason. Um, I'm a firm believer in end game, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, spoiler alert or whatever, but <laughs> that's how I do business. Because it sometimes it never comes back around, but for the most part it does. You just have to be patient and you can't you can't be pushy. That's how I feel. So that's my suggestion, someone new. Set them up in those orders and find a buddy, find, find mentors because people want to help you. I think mentorship is extremely, extremely important. I still, to this day, have multiple mentors and I mentor many, many people. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to go through life, receiving value, because again, you can always learn more every single day. <clears throat> My mentors are some of the, the most incredibly accomplished people that I've ever met in, you know, in the world for that matter. And I'm able to bring that knowledge and pass it down to the people that I mentor. And again, that's just adding, receiving value, adding value. Um, personally, I think it's just a great way to go through life. You meet great people and then you can give to other people. And knowing that you had a positive impact on somebody, it might be just one little thing. But that one little thing could change the course of their career in, in a significant way that they might not even realize yet. So I'm just a big believer on value. You know, you never know what value is going to you know, be of, of importance to somebody, but if you keep trying to keep offering value to others, something's going to help. And then that always comes back. Always, always, always. What do you think leaders are missing when it comes to deal creation, relationship build? Like what, what's the piece that you see most often that they're just like, they're just missing on? Like I don't think they're missing anything. Like I don't think they're missing anything. You know, the, the I think what you're, you're, you're alluding to is, how can somebody give them a compelling reason to do something different or outside of their normal business 
every day. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're giving them a compelling reason to spend their time with us, to trust us, to give us opportunity, to let us make connections for them. So it's not about them missing anything. It's us providing something that they still wanted to gravitate towards. What about you, Cassie? Any missing or they got everything? I mean, I hate to to beat the follow-up, but it is, <laughs> to me, it's follow-up. It really is. And I, I, especially over this past year, met with so many business owners that they're busy, right? Business is booming. Things are great. Why would I want business development? Which is a great question. And to that, I say, you know, we never really, I, I know I can't with my intuition predict the economy, but let's say something happened and business slows down. People aren't going to be calling you because of your website. They aren't going to be calling you because you told them, no, thank you three times to a bid opportunity. They're going to call the person they know. And so now's the time to invest in that. And a lot of people don't know to do that because they see their sales numbers going up, but they don't necessarily understand that. Yes, that's, that's great in the moment. Let's think about three years from now. Let's think about five years from now. Let's think about 10 years from now what's going to keep that, right? So I think it's a it's a mindset of the value of business development, right? Because a lot of owners, if they haven't done it themselves, they just think it's a bunch of people going to happy hours and, oh, you're just out there drinking, you're just out there, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands. And yes, there is that, but without that meaningful connection and the follow-up and having helped people, no one's going to help you when the time comes, right? So well, one of the one of the services we're offering on Keymakers is Rainmaker U. And that's a form of teaching people business development. It's a form of mentorship. Um, one of the companies we're working with, they have a young BD guy. And even though the owner's successful, the BD guy was fishing in a pond of, let's say, companies that had maybe $30,000 in roof work a year. And he needs to produce $375,000 in work a week, which is roughly a million dollars in pipeline a week. I go, how do you think that's going to work out for you? After I broke it down for him, and he's like, not very well. And so now he's fishing in different ponds and he is bringing that pipeline up and he's doing the things he needs to do. But at first it was like, buddy, you just answered your own question. But I mean, is that is that the business development person's fault? for not having understood, right? right. There needs There's to be no that teaching. training, There's which no is leadership. enter Rainmaker U. Um, and that's another point to owners is they don't necessarily understand like, oh, I got a BD guy now. Great. That person, it will take the industry, at least in the AEC industry, in my experience, it's going to take everyone a year to remember their name and their face. Minimum. It's going to take them another year to be like, oh, Justin, spot migration. Oh, you're the IT guy, right? IT. And then by the third year, they're like, they have a client that says, hey, man, I need some like managed IT services. Do you know anyone? And I'm going to go like, yeah, I do. It's Justin. That's a long process. That's a long time. And so I think oftentimes owners hire a BD person. They don't see any sales in six months. They get uncomfortable. There's some sort of contention. The BD person thinks, Hmm. I don't feel valued. I don't have direction. No one's training me. How am I to know to look in a different pond? Right. And it's this ever, ever changing cycle of just hiring, leaving, hiring, leaving, hiring, leaving. And it's a mess. And without training and without those proper connections and that guide of this is how we would suggest you do this try this area try something new uh it, it's it i've seen it fail a lot so no i i also, i think that makes tons of sense uh in to your point of not knowing if you have the right fit but then also are you giving enough time to get to the end game right like are you giving enough runway for somebody to actually perform uh, and especially if you as, as the owner aren't really great at BD, like, you know, you, you just, you, you had enough references when you started the business and it just, you had a partner maybe that was really good at it, whatever it is, um, that worked out, but 
that's a it's a skill set that I think people do chalk up to like don't you go kiss babies and shake hands like what's going on why are people not calling me like you know kind of a thing so that that totally makes sense yeah and it's it's about providing the value to your business development person as well you want them to know what's going on know what the goals are if they don't know about your projects if they don't know that you're trying to enter a new vertical if they don't know numbers they're way less invested like give them goals is a suggestion that I have. So I think giving goals, directions and training to BD people and giving them a head start like with something like Rainmaker U, which by the way is Jason was on Jason's card, but we all know who the real Rainmaker is, right? <laughs> and on that, that note, my, I'm going to I'm going to go straight to the end here. <laughs> my daughter's name is Rain, that's why we make that joke. So <laughs> I actually made Rain, so But <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so we would love to be on here uh for much longer, but our time is running out. So we got one last question that we like to ask everyone. And Cassie, ladies first. Uh if you're to go back 20 years, what would you tell yourself? What advice would you give to yourself? If I could go back 20 years, what advice would I get? Well, let me do the math here. <laughs> 2004. I'm not sure the movie reference yet, um, but it, 2004. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And my my advice would be to stay the course. That's my advice. Cause there are, there are times where you're like, is this the right decision? Should I do this? I mean, my advice would be stay the course. And when it's time for you to open, open your business, do it, do it. Cause it's terrifying. And there's that doubt that creeps in and, you know, you hover between what have I done and why didn't I do this sooner all day, every day for the first year. And, um, yeah, my advice to myself would be to stay the course. Jason, same question for you. You know, going back, I, I've had the pleasure of having phenomenal mentors, and I still do. I'll use a question or methodology I use with mentoring my own daughters, which has been very successful for them. And it's just simply your next five moves. And so I'm always talking to them about their next five moves. And I'm not talking about dinner tonight. And I'm not talking about their next trip. I'm talking about, for example, graduating in the fall, accepting your, you know, entry-level position, starting your MBA program, you know, completing your MBA, studying to get your CPA license. What are the macro steps are? The, the, the you know, the in-between steps are going to work themselves out, but I'm always looking at five steps out with my daughters. What do those next five steps look like for your future? And it could be five years from now. It doesn't matter. But as we complete one or get one off, we had another one. It's just always the next five steps. So always thinking about the future strategically, the steps it takes to get there. Where do you want to go and how do you want to get there? And when you think macroly, like the next five steps, it helps you frame where you want to get there. How you get there is a zigzag path. No matter how you plan it, it's going to change. So that's why I think it's incredibly important to always be thinking about your next five steps. You're such a numbers guy. <laughs> that's also Six just great. doesn't make sense. <laughs> Chess master Jason over here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm a massive planner. I, I journal, so I plan my quarters, I plan my weeks, plan my days, uh, the year. I love that next five step philosophy. I'm all about that. So it's really uh, constructive. No, that makes tons of sense. Um, I loved I love the difference in opinion here and kind of looking back uh, 20 years, totally different, uh, but super awesome to hear it. I mean, awesome. honestly, I was, I was 13, 20 years ago, and <laughs> no matter what advice I would have given myself, I don't think I would have listened. So <laughs> that's sass. <laughs> Started young. Um, this is great. Uh, you've both been amazing. We will throw uh, your LinkedIn and all your other uh, websites, all that social uh, post stuff in the show notes. Um, is there anything, uh, or actually, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to either talk about Keymasters, talk about Modern BDE, or talk about Pomeroy, how would they do that? How do they get a hold of you? Well, I, I guess you'll just share our contact information. For sure. I'll put that there. If somebody's listening, would you like to share it? You don't have to. but if, oh, Of if course. I mean, the easiest way to get to me is just go to pomeroygroup.com. That's the easiest way. P-O-M-E-R-O-Y-G-R-O-U-P.com. 
Yeah, I would say same for me on uh, my website. It's modern-bd, as in businessdevelopment.com. Uh, there's a contact me form on there. So yeah, and I'm and I'm happy to help. I just, I just preach, let people help. So I encourage you guys to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. No, that makes the Keymaker sense. site goes live by the end of January. And um, I think everyone's be quite impressed and, and intrigued by it, by it for sure. Not a and we went with Keymakers, by the way, because we can open any door. Yep. Mm. Ah, love it. see what we did there? I, no, I love <laughs> it. I, I'm all about it. Uh, is, is there anything else you'd like to tell people before we say our goodbyes? Come say hi to us. We're happy right. to help. Sounds good. Uh, listeners, I hope you had as good of a time as me and Will did. Uh, it seemed that Cassie and Jason also had at least somewhat of a good time. They smiled most of the <laughs> episode, so that's always a good sign. Um, uh, hopefully, you've learned a lot about business development and what you can do. And if you're in uh, Arizona, obviously, check out uh, Keymakers because it, it's where it's at. Um, and until next time. Ask Justin about, about his four-hour sandwich. Yeah, I love four-hour sandwiches. That's totally <laughs> true. <laughs> Adios. Thank you both for having us. We really Thank appreciate you. it. We had a lot of fun. Have you're a great new year. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Building Scale. To help us reach even more people, please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, or on social media. Remember, the three pillars of scaling a business are people, process, and technology. And our mission is to help the AEC industry protect itself by making technology easy. So if you think your company's technology pillar could use some improvement, Book a call with us to see how we can help maximize your IT and cybersecurity strategy. Just go to buildingscale.net slash help. And until next time, keep, keep building, building scale. scale. <laughs>